You're listening to Undetermined, Deaths, Disappearances, and Mysteries. I'm your host, Dr. N. This is a brand new podcast exploring all things mysterious, all the questions without definitive answers. I want to start this podcast off with one of the quintessential mysteries tied to the colonization of the United States. It has become part of our folklore, ingrained in our society, and the stories we tell our children. We have passed on this story for hundreds of years in hopes of finding an explanation. In some ways, we've mythologized it. There may very well be extremely rational explanations for what happened, but that isn't any fun, is it? This story has inspired countless books and television shows over the years. Shows like American Horror Story took the premise and created something that keeps you awake at night, but very unlikely related to the original events themselves. Psychologically speaking, we are drawn to the unexplained, the things we cannot understand. We have a drive in us to explain things, to create patterns where there are none, and observe order in chaos. It is deeply satisfying to find explanations for the unknown, so there is a deeply ingrained motivation for us to seek out those explanations. That is why mysteries like this one are so fascinating. We want to gather as much information as possible to draw our own conclusions. Maybe I'll be the one to crack the case, a feeling we have all had a time or two. I chose an old and persistent case to start out with because it is the epitome of mystery in this culture. It almost seems like people would rather it be kept a mystery because of the cultural impact it has had. Today, I'll be discussing the Lost Roanoke Colony. We'll go through the facts, what we absolutely know, then we'll dive into the theories and engage in a healthy amount of speculation. These theories will range from the absurd to the mundane. There have been recent discoveries that many scientists believe put the case to rest once and for all. But I'll leave the final conclusion up to you. In August of 1587, 115 English settlers arrived on Roanoke Island, which is off the coast of North Carolina in the United States. They had a rough go of it, and the governor of the colony, John White, ended up sailing back to England to gather more supplies later that same year, leaving his wife, daughter, and granddaughter behind. Unfortunately, he returned to a country at war with Spain. Queen Elizabeth I required every English ship to resist the Spanish Armada. The colony was left for three years before John White could return in 1590. When he did return, he didn't find any trace of his family or any other member of the colony. The only clue left behind was the word Croatoan, carved into a wooden post where the colony had been located. For centuries, investigations have occurred trying to uncover what happened to the lost colony, none of them providing definitive proof. Most stem from the clue that was left behind, the odd and mysterious carving of Croatoan. The word Croatoan is the name of an island south of Roanoke, 
home to the Croatoan Native American tribe. It is known today as the Hatteras Island. The only first-hand information we actually have is from John White himself, who included all of the details of what he discovered in a letter, being the first person to discover the colony was missing. He didn't find any evidence, no remains to suggest they had died there. The houses were deconstructed as if they packed up to move elsewhere, not destroyed or showing any signs of distress. Typically, distress would have been indicated by a Maltese cross. The English did attempt to find the missing colonists, but they were plagued with bad weather, preventing them from visiting the Hatteras Island, where they thought the colonists might be. The archaeological digs that have spanned the last 11 years on the Hatteras Island have unearthed a lot of interesting clues. The most rational explanation would be that they moved locations in search of more supplies or better weather. White does mention in his letter that the colonists were prepared to move 50 miles inland to the forests of North Carolina. Which brings us to our first theory, that they indeed moved inland. Now this could have led them to being killed by a number of tribes who were in the area who were not friendly to the newcomers, and who would be. The likely outcome would have been the killing of all the men and the enslavement of the women and children, but there are no signs that the colonists were ever there. A related theory, and one of the leading and more rational explanations, is that the colonists were absorbed into an existing tribe. They could have left the Croatoan message to indicate that they had gone to that island to live with those people. There were several search parties that investigated this theory at the time. They asked Native American tribes who could have come across the colonists, some of which told stories of a white settlement further down the coast. They knew details about the types of housing that they built, which was unique to the English. Other stories were of nearby tribes that spoke and read English, and dressed similarly to the Europeans. There was also a report of a boy dressed as a native who had blonde hair and light skin. There is some evidence that this is the case. Over the generations, a third distinct group would have emerged from the reproduction between the English and the indigenous tribes. Some believe the Lumbee tribe is evidence of just that. They are native to North Carolina, but have no definitive lineage. They have an oral tradition linking them to the Roanoke colonists, supported in part by their last names and the fact that tribe members can read and write English. The validity of this link is under much scrutiny and is disputed to this day despite there being corroborating evidence, such as light-colored eyes, English last names matching Roanoke colonists, and the ability to speak English. There is also archaeological evidence that settlers integrated into the indigenous population. As mentioned before, there have been numerous artifacts found known to have belonged to English settlers on the Hatteras Island. That doesn't necessarily mean the colonists were alive and joined together with the indigenous tribe. 
the tribe could have stumbled upon their camp and gathered the things left behind for use for themselves. The evidence doesn't definitively prove that they were actually there, living there. Which is why the mystery is so pervasive. As simple and probable as this explanation is, it doesn't completely satisfy our need for the truth. Another theory is that the Spaniards came up from Florida and massacred the entire colony. Now, Spanish settlers were just down the coast from the colony in Florida. They were also aware of the English colonists, but it's unknown if they would have attacked the colony. It is possible that this might have happened, but there's no evidence of any burials or remains that suggest this was the case. There's also no written evidence from the Spanish side that they did such a thing. The settlement itself would have appeared disheveled if they had been ambushed, not like they had time to pack up neatly and walk away. And the fact that there was no Maltese cross is also a convincing argument that this isn't a very viable theory. Another theory is that the settlers became lost at sea trying to return to England. There are some people that believe the colonists made an attempt to return to England by sea and got lost along the way. I'm not sure how probable it would be for them to attempt this even, given how dangerous it is and if they even had someone capable of navigating. They were already low on supplies, so I don't imagine they would make it all the way back without running out. It seems like a last resort and very highly unlikely, though some people hang their hat on this theory because it can explain the suddenness of their disappearance. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and delve into the more controversial theories, the first of which is witchcraft. This theory is based on the beliefs of the local tribes. The Croatoan tribe in particular believed in witches and witchcraft and claimed to have witnessed people using black magic to commit evil acts. If the colonists had contracted a disease unknown to the Croatoan tribe, the tribe may have blamed the colonists for bringing the disease with them or seen it as a sign of black magic. There are many legends passed down by the Croatoans and neighboring tribes that describe witches living in the North Carolina woods who hurt people with their magic. One of these legends describes the colonists dying at the hands of these witches when they left the island, providing an explanation for how they disappeared seemingly into thin air. There is another theory based around the mysterious phrase left behind, carved in a fence post of the abandoned colony, Croatoan. This word has been connected to other very mysterious events in the centuries following the disappearance of the Roanoke colony. Edgar Allan Poe's death remains a mystery to this day, filled with a lot of unanswered questions, including where he disappeared to shortly before his death. What happened to him, and how is it connected to the Roanoke colony? When he returned from his short disappearance, Poe was delirious, suffering from an unknown ailment, wearing another man's clothes. He reportedly uttered the words Croatoan right before his death. All medical evidence and death certificates related to Edgar Allan Poe 
went missing, and his death remains a mystery. There are a number of disappearances linked to the word Croatoan in the last 200 years. Before being released from prison, stagecoach robber Black Bart carved the word Croatoan on the wall of his cell in 1888. After his release, he vanished. Not a trace of him was ever known thereafter. Amelia Earhart wrote the word Croatoan in her journal before she disappeared in 1937. The horror novelist Ambrose Bierce slept in a bed before his disappearance in 1913 that had the word Croatoan carved into one of its posts. The last entry in the logbook of a ship, Carol A. Deering, was, quote, Croatoan. That ship was found after it crashed into Cape Hatteras, which, remember, used to be called Croatoan Island. The crew was never found. These all inextricably linked cases seem to provide compelling evidence that there may be something paranormal going on. We also might be recognizing this link because it does stand out. There may be far more examples of Croatoan written in journals or carved into possessions where no one mysteriously vanishes or dies. Another theory that is based in the paranormal is based on Native American belief systems. The possible culprits include the Wendigo, the reptilian devil of the woods, and the spirit of the island itself. The Wendigo originates from the Algonquin-speaking people's belief system. They are often associated with famine and starvation, something the colonists were facing. Wendigo are monstrous mythical spirits believed to influence people to commit heinous acts, including murder. There are beliefs that humans committing cannibalism are taken over by the Wendigo. If the colonists, desperate and starving, resorted to cannibalism, they may have been susceptible to Wendigo psychosis. The reptilian devil of the woods is another malevolent spirit in the form of a reptile that similarly attaches itself to people. This spirit causes violent and paranoid behaviors. The Croatoan tribe believed this spirit had infiltrated the Roanoke colony. The tribe noted strange occurrences around the time that the colonists disappeared, including birds falling from the sky and unexplainable massive deaths of wildlife in their area. The Croatoans also believed the island contained a spirit that had the ability to absorb humans into its land. If the colonists offended the spirit of the island, it could turn them into landscape, including animals, trees, and even stones. This may be kind of a far-fetched theory, but to the Croatoans, it was in line with their belief system, and it explained how they disappeared without a trace. The last and promising theory that I want to cover today is that of the Dare Stones. In 1937, someone visiting Roanoke found a stone with a curious inscription on it. It wasn't immediately authenticated, but the information contained was consistent with details that we know about the colony, 
and it was dated 1591. The inscription contains phrasing you would expect from the time, and its creation was possible with the tools the colonists had at their disposal. The inscription was seemingly written by Eleanor Dare, who was John White's daughter. The inscription said her husband and daughter were dead, and asked the information be passed along to her father by whomever found the stone. The other side of the stone also stated there were only seven surviving colonists, the rest being killed by an unnamed sickness and by local Native American tribes. It recounted a brutal two years for the colonists following White's departure for more supplies, stating there were conflicts between them and the nearby tribes, stemming from them believing the colonists angered the spirits and sickness taking half the colony. The stone also stated the location of a burial site allegedly marked with carvings on a rock, though evidence of a burial site has never been found, despite much effort over the centuries. The stone was signed with Eleanor's initials, E.W.D. This stone seemed to be a promising piece of evidence until 47 more stones were found between the years of 1937 and 1940, leading many people to question the validity of all of the stones. This sudden influx of stones was quite suspicious to many, and could have been the result of a reward that was offered to anyone who could find a second stone. The other stones were found in South Carolina and Georgia, and reported the movements of the remaining colonists going south. The stone was examined by the Smithsonian Institute along with a historian from Harvard University, and by 1941 there was evidence that the stones for the most part, were forgeries. In 2015, archaeologists determined that the first stone was actually authentic, but the others were indeed forgeries since they were created with a drill. Many people believe the first stone is not legitimate because the details have never been corroborated. If it is authentic, as the archaeologists claim, it could be the best clue of what happened to the colonists and where we should look for evidence of their demise. The most promising evidence was published in a book that came out this past summer. It is true that many early colonists abandoned their camps to assimilate with First Peoples, but there is definitive proof of those happenings. The thought that finding artifacts belonging to or of the colonists would provide proof they assimilated with the tribe is a great example of confirmation bias. It is the leading theory, and it is probably correct, but there are a lot of assumptions we're making with this evidence. It's just as likely they all died and their belongings were used by the tribes. Occam's razor is in this theory's favor, but that doesn't make a good story. Sometimes it's more interesting to imagine a mysterious force being responsible for scrubbing an entire camp of people from history. Reality in most cases is most mundane. There is hope yet that we will discover the truth behind the lost Roanoke colony. 
In 2007, scientists began collecting and analyzing DNA from local families in an effort to determine familial ties to Roanoke colonists or the Native American tribes, or both. This is an ongoing project, and to this date, no DNA has corroborated the theory that the colonists lived on and joined a local tribe. This could bring us answers that have remained elusive for so many years. However, because this legend is so ingrained in the history and identities of Americans, that idea of manifest destiny where we have to achieve what our ancestors could not, I don't believe that the collective conscious will ever truly accept a definitive explanation, even if proof is found. Until that time, the fate of the lost Roanoke colony remains undetermined. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Undetermined. If you have your own undetermined story, please send it to undeterminedpod at gmail.com. I'd love to share your experiences on the podcast. You can listen to Undetermined anywhere you get podcasts. If you want to support this podcast, please subscribe and download episodes every week and reach out to me on Instagram at undeterminedpod. All episode content was researched, written, and produced by me, Dr. N. All music you hear on this podcast was written and produced by me, Dr. N.